Hey, welcome to episode number 203 of the podcast, More Than Bread. I'm Dan. I'm a pastor, but more importantly, I'm a husband, father, and grandfather. I love being a grandfather, papa. But before that, even in importance, I'm a child of God, adopted son of the father, brought into the family by the gift of Christ on the cross. And and you know what? I, I guess more than anything, that gives me the motivation to dive into the word of God with you. Because as a child of God, I know from personal experience that we need more than bread, more than stuff, more than any kind of success to thrive. We desperately need every life-giving word that comes from the mouth of God. And and it would be amiss to not remind us, especially since as I record this, we are entering, I am in real time entering into Advent. It'd be amiss to not remind you that Jesus, the one whose birth we celebrated Advent, John calls Jesus the word, that the word that was with God and is God. And you've heard me say it before, it's almost like every time God opens his mouth, Jesus comes out. We go to the word to know Jesus, to be inspired by Jesus, to be changed and transformed by Jesus. Now, if you've been following these episodes as they drop, or at least closely, you know that a handful of episodes ago, I began to tell you that I think I'm going to do something that I don't usually do. I'm going to get out of timeless mode and do a Christmas chapter. Most of my More Than Bread episodes are not marked by time. In other words, I I want them to be the kind of thing that some fall day two years from now, you can listen to the Gospel of John or, or the top 50 Psalms and find value. They won't seem dated or old. But I don't know, I just felt led this month to pause our letters from prison in the middle of Philippians and do a Christmas pause, a Christmas chapter. So the next episode, we'll we'll start that. Though to be honest, in a way, this episode transitions us to the Christmas chapter because Philippians, I've just been thinking Philippians is probably the most Christmassy of Paul's epistles. I mean, the passage we read in the last episode is considered a hymn of the early church. And if it's a hymn, that whole, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself of all of his privileges and took on the form of a, a human and of a servant and went to the cross. That that hymn, it's certainly a Christmas hymn about the coming of Jesus. And then our focus in this episode is going to have a little bit of a Christmas feel as well, because... Well, let's just read the passage, and you'll see where I'm going to land. I'm reading Philippians chapter 2, the rest of it, verses 12 through 30. It's a bit longer passage, so you'll have to listen a bit longer. But I'm reading from the New International Version, and Paul says this, Therefore, and every time you see a therefore, you should ask the simple question, what is it therefore? So everything that follows is is kind of based on what, what Paul said in the first part of Philippians 2. This whole thing about having the attitude of Christ in us and humility and caring about people and, and, and letting go, surrendering, not grasping things that even though they're, they belong to us or they're our right, we, we, we surrender, we let them go. So he says, therefore, my dear friends, if, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, like stars in the heavens, as you hold firmly to the word of life. 
And then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. And even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Then Paul gives some personal details, but they're in a sense an example of what he's calling the people to be. In essence, he says, be like these two. Verse 19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him. In other words, he's like one of those stars in the heavens, a child of God without fault, blameless and pure. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests instead of those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. And I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I'm I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Paphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger. You sent him to take care of my needs. But he longs for all of you is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I'm all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. So help me out a bit by thinking of an experience. This is me now. Finish reading Philippians 2. By thinking of an experience that you've had with darkness. Here's one of my stories. Not my story, but story. Well, you'll hear it. It was a cold November day in the mid-1960s, shortly before 5 p.m. The sun had gone down, the city lights had kicked in, and everyone was on their way home from work. The ending of a typical New York day. But something was to happen hundreds of miles away, which would soon turn that typical day into a day and night to be remembered. Hundreds of miles away in Niagara Falls resided one of the electrical power sources for the city of New York. And a huge power source surge at the source tripped the breakers going to New York City and triggered what many New Yorkers after that simply remembered as the big blackout. My father-in-law, Herb, was on his way home when the lights went out in New York City, the worst blackout in New York history. I've gone through small blackouts, never anything of that scale, but what he remembers most was the confusion and the disorder. No traffic lights brought about a gridlock of traffic that made a block stretch for a 100 miles. Bus lines were shut down. Subways weren't working. People were stuck 80 stories from the ground because elevators had no power. From 5 p.m. until midnight, there was no light in New York City. But there was confusion, an increase of crime, and added measures of fear and anxiousness. Darkness will do that, right? Bring confusion, make the way home seem impossibly long. Sometimes darkness seems to provide that last little bit of motivation to do things we never thought we'd ever do. And at the same time, on different sides, it can heighten our fears and transform shadows into heavy burdens. And if you think about it, that's not even complete darkness. I mean, there's dark and then there's dark, (laughs) You comment on the darkness when you're camping in a national park. You mutter, it's really dark out here. 
But then you mutter, it's really dark in here when you're trying to make your way to the bathroom in the night, stubbing your toe on the corner of the dresser. But in reality, rarely is light completely absent. But in the beginning, there was complete darkness. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was empty, a formless mass cloaked in darkness. And the Spirit of God was hovering over its surface. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. That's what it says in Genesis 1, 1 through 4. From the very beginning, God has always been the bringer of light. From the very beginning, when God shows up, the first order of his day is to let there be light. And from the very beginning, it's always been his plan to share that light. And in fact, to call people to partner in sharing that light. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 60, 1 through 5, Arise, let your light shine for all the nations to see. For the glory of the Lord is shining upon you. Darkness as black as night will cover all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord will shine over you. All nations will come to your light. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your eyes will shine and your hearts will thrill with joy. There, There's a darkness that only the glory of God can dispel. And when the glory shines... It reflects in our eyes and it shines in our hearts and it brings us extreme joy. Let there be light. Some New Yorkers may brag about the worst blackout ever, but I wonder, I wonder if our play hard, life is short, go for it gusto masks the dark fear that this life is all there is. I wonder what kind of blackout would bring us to the point where a child is called a choice where one out of three girls born will be sexually abused before they're 16. I wonder about the darkness in a country with a multi-billion dollar pornography business. I, I wonder about the despair and the darkness that results in a mother or father's heart when their teenage son gets addicted. I, I wonder about the creeping darkness that, that would make lying on a resume seem commonplace. Let there be light. There's something about God light that is so powerful, so transforming that no darkness can withstand it. God said, let there be light. And so he sent Jesus. His coming was announced as the day that the people set in darkness have seen a great light. And, and for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. Jesus began to give us a vision of the light of life, the life of light, what what living in the light could be like. Life itself was in him, it says in John chapter 1. Jesus, and this, this life gives light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The darkness can never win. A, a light that cannot be extinguished, a, a nightlight, a security light, a, a lighthouse, a guiding north star, a brilliant, never-dying sun. Isn't that part of what attracts us to Jesus? Jesus shines. Let there be light. Let, let me ask you the question, do you want to shine? <laughs> I mean, we, we use that word in different ways, right? When an athlete or a performer, I guess anyone does well, sometimes we say they they shine, they shone. When, when they won the prize, their face was shining. There was a light in your eyes that reflected the joy in your heart. When, when we say that someone shines, what we mean is that they've done well. We, we mean that there's just something about them, something inside them, some quality of heart that sets them apart from others, and, and we have some sense that they're fulfilling their destiny. Do you know anyone like that? Within each of us, there's this tiny voice deep within our spirit that says to us, you were created to shine. 
Listen to me. I'm, I'm talking to you. You were created to shine. You were created to reveal and reflect an incredible God light because you were created in the image of God. I don't know what was in the imagination of God when he created the uncontainable power of the sun or when he, when he shaped the atmosphere to cause a star to twinkle. I don't know what it was in the imagination of God when he set the moon into space to give us a light in the night or when he fashioned a firefly. But the Bible tells us what was in the imagination of God when he created people. God had God in mind when he created you. You are created in the image of God, the God who is light. When he created you, he placed that voice deep within your spirit to call you to your destiny, to shine. And there are so many other voices in the world which seek to drown it out, voices which actually call us to the darkness, voices which tell us that we are darkness, good only for the night, when joy is found in the light. And I think that's part of why Paul's words are so powerful. Remember, Paul's in prison writing this letter to friends who are going through not-so-great times themselves, times of hardship, times that have tested relationships, times that have revealed character. And he writes, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't be passive about it. Go for it. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. God has a purpose for you. So do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Not complaining and not arguing helps us on the journey of becoming blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am, Paul says, even if I am being poured out like a drink offering for you, I'm, I'm glad. I rejoice. I can't get away from that sentence in the middle. Shine like stars in the heavens. The prophet Isaiah looked forward into the future and declared that Jesus was a light shining in the midst of a great darkness. And then he said these familiar Christmassy words, For unto us a child is born, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Listen. There is nothing greater than Christ. Christ is the treasure of Christianity. With all my heart, I love Christmas, but only because Christmas reminds me of the glory of Christ. Man, I don't know why you celebrate Christmas, but if it's not because of Christ, you're you're missing everything. I, I love the songs and the decorations. I love the story. I don't even mind the Hallmark movies. I love the lights and the trees. I'm telling you, Lynn turns our little cabin into a place of wonder and glory. But sooner or later, the lights come down, the wrapping paper is tossed, and the toys get broken. But do not miss the true gift. Come because of Christ. He is the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Savior, head of the body, the King of the kingdom, the Savior of your soul, the beginning of life in everything. He's not just prominent. He's preeminent. He's not just sufficient. He's sovereign. He's not just someone. He's the one, the one and only. He is 
the light of the world. I love the iconic manger images of little baby Jesus, but man, it is full-grown Jesus that I want to hang out with. The one who stilled the storm and fed the crowd and healed the outcasts and noticed those in the margins of life. The one who could gather a crowd but loved you one-on-one. The one who riled up religious leaders and confused political leaders, scared the hell out of Satan and loved his enemies all the way to the cross. That's the one I want. He's the one I want to know. It's his attaboy I want. I I want to be shoulder to shoulder with him, his hand slapping my back in laughter. I want to follow grown-up Jesus. And we need his light of hope for the darkness of difficulty. Difficulty doesn't take a break over the holidays. We need the light of hope. We need the light of generosity for the darkness of selfishness. We need the light of wonder to cause an amazement in our hearts that can't be produced by the latest TikTok video, Instagram picture, even the next technological I wonder exploding on the scene. We, We need the light of Christ. But here's the most amazing part of the Christmas story of life. He invites us to join him. You know, I had a bit of a new thought this last week as I was studying Isaiah 9. Here's a thought. When I think of the Christmas vision of Jesus, I'm reminded that Jesus is the mighty God. Isaiah's vision of Jesus. I'm reminded that Jesus is the mighty God, and I'm not. I'm not. Jesus is our Prince of Peace, and you're not. (laughs) Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, and we're not. Jesus is the Savior of the world, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. You, me, no, we're not. We're, we're none of that. But Jesus is the light of the world, and you are. I am. The light of the world says to us, you are the light of the world. Not just a reflection, not just his light shining on us, but you are the light of the world. Perhaps we never get closer to Christmas than when we live as a light in the darkness. You know, the day after Christmas, there will still be darkness and we'll still need light. But the story of Christmas was always meant to be continued, not just repeated year after year after year. The story is continued. Jesus grows up. He becomes our king. Christmas is not just a celebration. It's an ongoing story that you and I are invited to join. And that story is not over. You have a part in the story. You have a part in the Christmas story. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. He said, you, you, listen to me, you, listening to me, you, you. I don't, I don't care what's going on in your life, how difficult it is, or how much you feel like you've messed up, what a mess you're like. You are the light of the world, like a city on a mountain glowing in the night for all to see. So don't hide your light under a bus, basket. Instead, put it out on a stand and let it shine for all. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What if this Christmas, that was our story? (laughs) You are the light of the world. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for the light that shines on all of us. Thank you that Jesus is the light of the world, that Jesus is the light of life, that the light that Jesus brings can never be extinguished by the darkness. God, for whatever anybody listening to me is going through, for everything that they're going through right now, would you pour out your hope and your spirit and your light upon them? And would you help us to know what it looks like for us to shine as the light of the world? God, would would we let our good deeds this Christmas shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise our Heavenly Father. 
We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.